0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select Campus events, while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
1: AT and T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews.
2: From the Berkshires to the sound, from wherever you live in MLB America, this is Inside the Parker. You give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the scoop on Major League Baseball. Now, here's Baseball Hall of Fame voter number 70, Rob Parker.
1: Welcome into the podcast. I'm your host, Rob Parker, with a... February edition of Inside the Parker. Yes, pitchers and catchers will be reporting the spring training in a few weeks. What a show we have for you today. We're going to talk with uh, former Major League outfielder Jock Jones. we will talk about some things going on in Major League Baseball this past offseason. Also, we're going to go in-depth with Ned Coletti, the former Los Angeles Dodger GM. Listen up.
2: Here comes the big interview. Listen and learn.
1: Oh, it's so good. Now let's welcome into the podcast former Major League outfielder Jock Jones, of course, who uh, played for a number of Major League teams, broken with the Minnesota Twins in 1999, also played for the Cubs, the Tigers, and the Florida Marlins. Welcome into the podcast, my man Jock. How are you? Rob, I'm doing fantastic, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Um, and I got a chance to uh, chop it up with you in 2008 in Detroit when you came through town and I was uh, working in uh, the Motor City back then, no doubt.
3: You did. I just told Dusty about that uh, yesterday when I was talking to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. That was uh, that was good times.
1: All yep. right. Let's talk here. Uh, Jock, first, you you're, you're getting into the. Uh, media landscape. You have a new podcast. Yeah. Former pitcher LaTroy Hawkins, who yes. I know real well as well. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the podcast and and, and what are you guys are doing? Cause I know you talk about
3: everything. It's not just a baseball podcast. Yes. right. So I I uh pitched it to LaTroy uh right around the time that uh Dar when Hamlin uh was uh going through his, you know, the the uh, cardiac arrest and all that. Right. And I, I was kind of was, was intrigued by his story, uh, mainly because, one, because I was pulling for him to get through that. And two, uh, I saw that he had a foundation that was going on, and he had probably a couple thousand dollars in it at the time, and he had it going for a couple years. He gets hurt. Uh, the world stops. R- literally, the world stopped for him, right? Uh, everyone's pulling for him, praying for him, and then all of a sudden, uh the funds in his foundation shot up to $10 million, right? Wow. Which is great. It, it's it's all great, not complaining. People do what they want with their money. But my, my point to LaTroy was, LaTroy, we as athletes get bad raps as, you know, if something happens to us, it's world news, especially a lot of negative things, right? And not enough things get pushed. Uh, about what guys like to do, or what where guys' hearts are, or who guys are as people, we're we're fixated on them running, throwing, hitting, catching, doing things like that. And so I said, "Hey, man, I want to I want to bring a podcast to the world to let people know who guys are outside of being athletic." So that's where our our podcast came uh, to fruition. It was born, and and you know, thick skin with Jack and Hawk, we've been having a great time with it
1: and where can people get it and uh sign up is it uh everywhere you could get podcasts
3: yeah if people can subscribe to it we're we're on uh, a spotify and apple or wherever you can get your podcast oh that's pretty awesome
1: yeah i love it yeah i mean and and you're right it's, there's a lot of different things that uh happen yeah, in the media uh and what's covered and and i say this and and, and you know this yeah. i've been a reporter for almost 40 years and yeah. and the hard thing that what people don't understand is News is usually something that's unusual, different, right, that that people flock to. Right. Like, Jock, you've never read a story that said every plane landed safely at LAX yesterday. Do, do you right. know what I'm saying? Exactly. Because that's the expected. Exactly. So when there's a plane crash, it's a story. Yes. That's, right. Yes. I, had to, I, I once had this conversation with Rob Dibble when I covered the Cincinnati Reds, and he was the closer for the Reds. Okay. And he said, you know, you guys only come over to my locker when I blow a game. And I said, "Dibs, you're so good." Right? I know it's not fair. Yeah. But you know where I'm going. I do. You're so good. Yes. That that we expect you to close the game. That when Absolutely. you don't close it, it is news to us what happened because the last 20 games you closed and you blow this one. What happened today? Why didn't yeah. you get it done? For sure, so it comes off as negative. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, these guys only come over here when I fail. But, but yeah. that's the reason why you're so good. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's it's a situation that's tough for people to always uh, accept. And I get it. And it's right. a part of the business. But a uh, couple things I want to ask you about in baseball. Let's let's okay. go around the diamond. Yeah. Uh, Juan Soto was traded from the Padres. Yep. Your hometown, San Diego, right? Pa- yeah. For the Padres. Yep. He got traded there by the Nationals. He was okay. I, yeah. I I don't think he was the same player he was in Washington. Yeah. And and Juan Soto turned down four hundred and forty million dollars guaranteed. Yeah. Now here he comes. He's gonna be in the Bronx and the Yankees. Not the not really a home run hitter, even though the short porch and right field. He should have a good year. But did he blow his opportunity of making a half of? billion dollars or is that still in play for him
3: I I I don't know if uh, half a billion dollars is still in play especially with uh well actually maybe with Shohei set setting the market too When
1: you saw that 700 million just yeah. be honest as a yeah, baseball you've played in the big leagues yeah. you're like oh, yeah. seven like even yeah. football players basketball players they yeah.
3: just like oh my god Yeah yeah, and it's going to keep going up, man. It's going to keep going. Well, they told me baseball was dead. No, it's not. It's alive and kicking, man. And they, I don't think the owners want to stop. I don't think the players want to stop uh, because it's going so good. There'll be some tweaks here and there like they've been doing, and we'll, we'll touch on that here in a little bit. But, um, yeah, man, I, I think it's still in play, uh, especially when he had the bounce back year he had last year. Uh, he had over 30 homers. He had over 100 runs driven. Made in. the all star team. Right. Made the all star team. He was back up to around 280. Uh, he walks a lot. He gets on base. He's a machine. His defense might have slipped a little bit, but you know, I, I mean, they're 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 going to pay him for his offense and and people that he can put in the seats.
1: No, no doubt about it. It's going to be interesting to see in the Bronx how that plays out. Yep. Ah, uh, the Texas Rangers. I yep. picked them before the season to win the division. Okay. And then they had a most unbelievable playoff run. They didn't that, lose a road game. I mean, yeah. you don't see that, Jock. Right? That like, was crazy.
3: The the, the uh, home teams didn't lose on the road, which was crazy. It, that, it, that just doesn't happen in baseball. It, it's I'm usually sorry. the opposite, man. And it was it was it, it was almost like textbook down the line. That's how it played out. It was crazy.
2: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
1: 99, 2,000 Yankees. Okay, yep. so that's almost 25 years ago. Yep. And the last National League team. Do you know the last National League team to repeat? Uh, I do not. The 75-76 Cincinnati Reds. Uh, the the red Machine. You, the Big, big red machine. machine.
3: Can you believe yeah. that no National yeah. League team has repeated I, since the hey, 70s? I can believe it, man. And, and we – People talk about parity, right? And, and that's never going to be parity with the Yankees and the Braves and the Dodgers and the teams like that that have all kinds of money, man. But uh, I, And and I tell people all the time when they ask me, hey, if like Apple or IBM, right, they hire the best people around the world to to help their company run. And if the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Braves and the Red Sox and, hey, man, you make money, you're putting it back into your team, God bless you. doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win, but right. – you're, you're you're trying to put the best product out on the field to make the fans happy and to make the players happy.
1: No doubt. Our guest is Jock Jones, former Major League outfielder, uh, joining us here on Inside the Parker. Uh, the Mets, let's go there. Yeah. Looks like they've thrown a the towel in. I mean, uh, they got one of the richest owners, Steve yep. Cohen, yep. who threw a gazillion dollars at it, you know, uh, got Verlander, Scherzer, very, older very. pitchers, right? Yep. They had won 101 games the year before. You figure you add Verlander, who was the American League Cy Young Award winner and Uh American League Comeback Player of the Year. So you figure add uh, a star pitcher, add some water, stir, and they're going to the World Series. Right. It all blew up in their face. Now it looks like they've pulled back. And, and like, I've heard from Mets fans saying, this is the least anticipated season. Like, they got a no-name
3: manager, they got they they just didn't do anything hey man sometimes rob it has a weird way of 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 unfolding right with so much expectation like you said with with Scherzer and uh you verlander. know verlander and then losing to gram which i think was was big for them but I think it started with when Diaz went down in the world baseball classic, man. They just never really in the
1: celebration. Yeah, I remember, it they, wasn't even they, an inch. Inter- they they,
3: they never really recovered from that because that put their bullpen – They were putting people in positions that they weren't supposed to be in uh from from spring training. And it just it just snowballed from there. No
1: doubt. Okay. So the Dodgers spent like $1.1 billion. We yeah. talked about it. Shohei, yeah. Yamamoto, yeah. uh Glass now. I mean like the Dodgers or, or the Evil Empire, I'm calling them now because oh, yeah. they've oh, spent yeah. all this money. Oh yeah, but are they still the best team for sure? I mean, we got uh, Yamamoto's yeah. got to make a, uh, uh, you know, uh, an adjustment coming to the United oh, yeah. States. Absolutely. Uh, we already know that Shohei's not pitching this year. Absolutely. What will he be when he comes back from yep. his, you know full recovery? Yep. Last now used to pitch in Tampa where nobody was paying attention. Now you're yep. in L.A. I know he's an yep. L.A. guy, but yep. Is a there's a
3: are they the best team in the National League or is it still the Braves? Hey, on paper they're the best team, right? But they don't play the game on paper. Uh, I, I, you know, to me and I, the Dodgers, to me, are the Cowboys of Major League Baseball. Wow, they 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 win a, a million games during the regular season. They beat the, they beat up on the teams in the West. They get to the playoffs and. It just it just doesn't happen. Right. And I, I'm i I'm, I'm a Padres fan and I love seeing it. Right. Because no, I, I
1: think it's I think that's a fair assessment. When you oh, yeah. think of the last two years where they won over 100 games, yes. they got beat by the Padres two oh, years yeah. ago, oh, last year against Arizona, they didn't
3: even lead for one inning I'm in the entire listen. series. I, I laugh with my friends, and I already told them, right? And I make little posts on Facebook and stuff like that. I right. say, here, here, here's the Dodgers season. So they're going to go a million and 62, <laughs> and they're going <laughs> to lose in, the, in in October. It's just, right. it's just the way it
1: is. It is pretty amazing. We'll see how it all unfolds. Last thing, I I, I was against some of the baseball's rule changes. I yeah. thought that they were trying to make the game uh, for people who don't like baseball. When I go right. to a game – jock i expect i would expect to go for three hours right if the game runs long i get up i leave i listen to the rest on the radio on my way yeah. home and that mm-hmm. was it you know what i mean like i'm not trying to oh, yeah. rush through the game because people want to go home in two hours but they made changes last year the pitch clock i thought would be intrusive it wound yep. up not being yep. and the game's cut off 30 minutes like like a real 30 minutes off the game yep uh, the bigger bases, uh, guys are sliding in the pizza boxes, but it yep. gave you more action on the base paths. Yep. And I did love the only one I did really love was the the shift to stop the shift because that was taking away a lot of hits. Guys yep. would hit the balls on the screws in between the first and second base hole, and yep. there was a third baseman standing there. Like that's not baseball. Yeah. Uh, the which rules do you like? and 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 did you like this brand of baseball last year because attendance was way up and
3: TV ratings were way up yeah so I I liked I was I was like you know, I was on the fence with the pitch clock right uh, because I, I I thought it was just gonna mess up the game and I, and I think they will revisit it in the playoffs at some point in time because it, it will become a factor in the playoffs at some point right but the, it, it worked out and as always the players complain but then they adjust. Okay. So the pitch clock worked out. I love the bases being bigger. So less injury, less contact between the players. Uh the shift, I, I was on the fence because I feel like this hit the ball where they're not. No, I get it. I right? mean that,
1: that that's what people would say. Right. But but here's my only issue, and I'm gonna push back on you. Okay. I don't want my 35 home run hitter. Yeah. Going the other way to get a weak single through the third base. You know, like that. I, I okay. as, a, as a fan, that's not what I want to go to. Okay, you're right. He could get three hits that way. Okay. But that's not what I – I don't want three singles through the left side of the infield. I want it this was, guy to hit the ball out the park. But I'm going to push
3: back on you with this. My 35 home run guy – my thirty-five home run guy. I want my thirty-five home run guy to go out of the ballpark pole to pole. So it's not just forcing it over there. I'm not saying just force it over there. I'm saying smoke it over there. Hit it hard. Uh, complete hitters, right? That's what I want. I want, and that's what plays in the postseason. Complete hitters play in the postseason.
4: Yeah,
1: now I, it's hard to argue with that. But you do need that long ball every so. Oh long yeah, long but, but, you but Rob, you that. can
3: go. I hope. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. A home run counts over the left field fence just as much as it counts over the right field fence.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> I, it's going to be interesting to see, but I, I went to a game last year. I was in uh-huh. Milwaukee. It was the Astros yep. and the Brewers. Yep. Okay. Jock, it started at, it was a Wednesday afternoon special, 12-10. Yeah. The game was over in two hours and three minutes. And you my, had- buddy, my buddy and I, we yeah. looked at each other and were like, like, we felt like we got cheated. Now, ah. like, it, it was like the score was like five to two. It wasn't like it was one, nothing. Yeah. Two hours and three minutes. And you know what? I enjoyed it. It moved along. There was not a lot of dead time like it used to be. Yes. You know, you play when guys are rearranging themselves, oh, yeah. and wristbands, and sure. all this stuff stepping out
3: on every pitch. Yeah. And then you go. A uh, relief pitcher for one hit, a relief pitcher for two, and, and I'm It glad was ridiculous. I, I love, I love it, dude. I love it,
1: no love doubt. It. And also, I uh, want to announce that uh, Jock Jones will be uh, joining MLBBro.com this coming season. Yeah, man, I'm going cool uh, to be yes, offering his analysis and. Uh, so I can't wait. I mean, thank you, Jock. That's going to be no, great. Thank
3: you, man. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate nope,
1: it. No doubt. All right, Jock Jones, join us here on Inside the Park. Man, we appreciate you. We'll be in touch and talking to you as the baseball season. Spring training is about 20, 24 days away, 23 days yeah, away. The games are, big. but
3: report day is, is less than that.
1: Yeah, coming up pretty yep. soon. All right, yep. my man. Appreciate you.
3: Rob, thank you, man.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
5: Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: When Rob was a newspaper columnist, he lived by this motto. If I'm writing, I'm ripping. Let's bring in a writer, or broadcaster, old or new.
1: All right, now let's welcome into the podcast Ned Coletti. Man, this guy's got uh 40 years in Major League Baseball, but he does a lot. Of course, the former Dodger general manager. Uh, currently, he also works for the San Jose Sharks. He used to be an NHL scout, now with the Sharks. And um, works over at Pepperdine as well. Ned, welcome to the podcast. What's up, buddy? Hey, Rob. Good to see you. Good to hear your voice. No doubt. Man, we got uh, stuff to talk about. Do the Dodgers have any more money is what I want to know because they spent money like it was going out of style. Ned. When you were GM, there was no $1.1 $1. $1 billion to spend. What do you make of that when you see Yamamoto was the last one they signed, obviously uh, $325 million. They also signed Glass now to a contract. But the $700 million to uh, Shohei, just – The dynamics of seeing that unfold. Well, it
6: was, um, I I can't tell you I was surprised.
1: I, I, um, you know, I worked
6: for Mark Walter uh, for a long time, both uh, as a GM for three years and then uh, with the organization doing, doing television. So I I know how he thinks. And I know that, uh, and I know how he thinks to a certain extent, I should say um, that he, you know, that they lost to AZ, didn't lead for an inning, I think three straight and then got, Swept up by San Diego the year before, uh, I, I just had a feeling that they were going to go all in on everybody they thought that they could they could, uh, they could they could use. And obviously the, uh, the Shohei deal I think is genius on everybody's part. And then you, you sign Yamamoto after that. You know you're starting to really build your pitching staff. You trade for Glasnow and then sign him. So. I think it's been a off season of historic magnitude, both in in money spent and talent acquired. You're talking about three high end performers. Joe so, hey, maybe maybe the greatest player of all time, still a lot of time left to to kind of figure that out, but certainly in the conversation. So uh, I'm not surprised that's how they think they they have a huge appetite for winning, uh despise losing. And I think that uh, I told a few writers, in fact, as we started to talk during the beginning of the offseason, don't be surprised. I don't know about the Glasno part, but don't be surprised if, if both both of uh, Shohei and, and Yamamoto end up in, in the Dodgers and they'll go for more starting pitching as well, and that's what they've done.
1: Ned, give me a scouting report on Yamamoto. Obviously, you know, you never know. You've heard other Japanese pitchers and pitchers have come from other places. And, you know, I could go back to when I covered uh, Deki Arabu's first start with the Yankees, yes. you know what I mean? And, yes. and that didn't work out long-term. He was okay, but Yamamoto, just tell me what, what, what's great about this guy?
6: Well, obviously he's been very, very successful. And, he, and he's really a young pitcher when you think about it. I think he's 25 years old. So, You've got youth on your side. You don't have a lot of wear and tear. You've got some, but certainly not as much as you would if he was 30, 35 years old. Uh, also, I think that that he is a very precision-driven performer. I think you're going to see a great feel for pitching. I think you're going to see him use a lot of different pitches, maybe a little bit different deliveries from time to time, release points. I think he's, at, even at this age, I think he's almost got a PhD in the craft of pitching. So I expect him to be one of the best. I, there's also an adjustment period. There's no doubt. And and pitchers from Japan typically pitch once a week, once every six days. So there'll be a little bit of an adjustment there unless they end up with a six-band rotation, which you never know. Uh, you know, their, their thought process is usually way ahead of everybody else's. But I think... I think that will be the one adjustment. Length of season will also be a little bit of an adjustment, but I think that they've got themselves really an ace. You know, they do their homework. Uh, you know, I they're due diligent in everything they do. So to spend what they've spent and to do what they've done, it's obviously they've been paying attention to him for quite a while, and they know who he is and they know how he approaches a sport.
1: Now with the Shohei deal, Ned. Obviously they did everything that's legal. They didn't do anything illegal by, you know, uh pushing the money down the road and you know, and and, and just an un, unheard of contract. Like players just don't say, yeah. Well, I'll I'll take the money twenty years from now or whatever it is. But will baseball, do you think, make an adjustment? Because that is a it's a unfair advantage if you're able to spread out the money over a long period of time and and yet sign four or five guys, will there maybe be some sort of cap as to how much money you can defer going forward or no?
6: There may be, but it's going to have to be negotiated with the union, too. And from everything you read, um, this was as much his idea as anybody's idea. Maybe it was his idea. So anything of that magnitude in in any sport, any professional sport in this in this country is going to have to be collectively bargained, I I believe. So I think that it it, it may happen like that. But again, it's it's so far out of the box. And I think it it showed a lot of people a lot about Shohei, too, that his appetite for victory was so much that he was willing to defer that amount of money to years 11 through 20. I mean, that's a while from now. And and again, the Dodgers are very, very bright. They know what they're doing. And I think when you think about what they'll do with the 68000000 you know million, they'll more than, than make that up and how they manage it. So uh, I think it's a genius deal on all points. I think it allows the Dodgers to add Yamamoto, for one, and maybe some others uh, along the way. Um, but I just thought it was a genius deal, very unique, And back in the day, back in the day, it would be tough to get an agent to go for that and a player, let alone perhaps suggest it. But I think it tells you how what his appetite is for winning, and how he he doesn't want to stand in the way of this organization because of what his salary is going to be from being as good as they can be and adding players that are at the at the highest level. So you know, congrats to him because that was. That was a great, great decision on his part.
1: We did hear uh, a baseball analyst say it was the greatest signing by the Dodgers in its history, in the Dodgers' history, and people stopped and said, as great as it was, it wasn't Jackie Robinson. They've had two great, right? I mean, like, it was yes. a great signing, but Jackie Robinson signing by the Dodgers is the all-time greatest.
6: I think that's, that's one of the greatest signings in the history of the world, let alone baseball. Uh, I guess if you wanted to separate Brooklyn and Los Angeles, uh, maybe that's a way to to get that one in there. But Jackie Robinson's signing uh, was historic in a, in so many ways. I don't change the, the country, world. right? Oh, change yeah. the world. And you know, I was dear friends with with uh, the great Don Newcomb. I love Don Newcomb. and I spent many years talking to him pregame, a little bit postgame. and he was we would talk for an hour at a time sometimes longer, depending on schedules. And we talked baseball, don't get me wrong, but we also talked Jackie Robinson. We talked Roy Campanella. We talked Dr. King because they all knew each other and they all worked for the good of of unity and to give everybody an opportunity. So many of my conversations with Nuke were wrapped around Jackie Robinson, what he went through, and also what he stood for, and also Dr. King and, and, and Campy. So um, there'll be no signing ever as, as big or as life-changing, world-changing, as signing Jackie Robinson.
1: No doubt. Our guest is Ned Coletti, former Dodgers GM, of course. Uh, works with the San Jose Sharks now, Pepperdine University. Uh, but uh, 40 years in baseball and did Spectrum, uh, Spectrum Sports, Spectrum TV, uh, L.A. for a long time, just stopped doing that. As analysts, I used to watch you all the time after the games or whatever. But now, the Dodgers got all this, all these great players. The last two years have been disasters. Over 100 wins where they ran through the, the, you know, the, the regular yep. season and ran into a buzzsaw. You, you said it earlier. The Arizona series was probably was bad enough to lose to the Padres two years ago, get swept. Uh, lose that series, I should say, but the Arizona where they didn't even lead, like they were, they were annihilated. Uh, How much pressure is now on Dave Roberts? I don't, I don't think there's any excuses if you don't win and you've just spent over a billion dollars and you have pitching and you have a unbelievable lineup. It's almost like you can't lose.
6: Well, you you can always lose. You're going to have to win. Playoff games. I mean, you we, can't
1: lose and keep your job. Is probably what I meant. <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, I, uh, I I really hope that doesn't happen because I have so much respect for him and, and love my conversations with him as well. Um, you know, I, you can't predict the sport. That's why people go to games, and you don't know what's going to happen between now and October. People will get hurt. People make other deals. You don't. We don't know necessarily. Um, Is there going to be added pressure? Yeah, I think so. But this isn't a team that has come out of nowhere, and so now they're going to be in an environment that is new to them. They've been this way since going back to my time there. So this is who the Dodgers are. They expect, their expectations are always at this level. And Arizona, down for a while, came back expectations different San Diego different but the Dodgers and their players and their staff they've lived with this Rob for well over a decade so this is really nothing new and if anything it may sharpen their preparation a little bit sharpen their presentation a little bit um but I think the the, the bandwidth and the knowledge inside the organization including in the dugout is a, as good as it gets. And one other little editorial comment, I guess, you know, when when a manager gets let go because players don't perform, um, I always have to examine that because for me, if a, if a man, if the players have continued to play hard for for the manager and for the team, for the city and for the organization and all that, and for their teammates, that's not on the manager. Players stop being fundamentally sound, players start to, to walk to positions and start to take it easy and things like that. Okay. That's on the staff in my mind, but it's not on the staff. If everybody plays hard and everybody's doing all they can and something just happens, you can't control some things that happen, but you know, the manager is the one that always, always sits in the in the focus of these types of conversations. I never thought it was really a, a fair evaluation. If teams play hard for the manager that's that to me is one of the great qualifiers to to staying stay or leaving.
1: I agree with that, but we do give managers credit. Like they like like this is the one pushback I'll have with that. Well, he's not the guy who made an error. Well, he didn't strike out in the bottom of the ninth. But when the guy hits the grand slam home run in the bottom of the ninth, and and the pitcher strikes out the side in the ninth inning. The manager, they win. They he gets credit. He gets a new contract. Things are. He so, gets a little bit of credit. <laughs> he gets credit. All I'm saying is, you can't have it both ways. Like when the players don't perform, it's all well. They didn't perform, and when they perform, well, the manager he's pushing all the right buttons. That's all I'm saying. Like there's got to be some sort of gauge for a manager on whether or not, well, right.
6: No doubt. But, you know, like, well, you just said it too, pushing the right buttons. It's not that easy. I know it's not. Right I'll give you one more thought. I'll nope. give you one more thought on this. And it's it's an interesting, I, I think, it's an interesting way of looking at things. It's always, okay, um, let's fire the head coach. Let's fire the manager. Let's fire the person in charge of the people in the uniform. Well, that's the first half. The second half is you better have somebody far better than that person that's sitting in that chair next. Not an equal and not somebody that that doesn't have the experience of doing it because you'll be the next one leaving if, if that's how it goes. So there's always two parts to this equation in my mind. Okay, you run your course with a head coach or a manager. Before you decide that somebody else is going to sit there, you better know, know that the next person sitting there is going to be outstanding at what they do,
1: and you know this. Being in the NHL, they fire coaches like they change socks. Like oh, that, yeah. it is unbelievable in the NHL. Like I, I just can't get over how often coaches are changed. Like, yes. like more so than any other sport I've ever seen. Last thing, and I'm gonna let you go, Ned. I appreciate your insight. Uh, when Clayton Kershaw is healthy, is there a spot for the, him on the Dodgers or or not?
6: I think there'll be a spot for Clayton Kershaw for as long as he wants to pitch and he's healthy. I think um, his desire is is most likely to stay with the organization. He's, been, he's one of the few players in, in, this, in the last maybe 15, 20 years that could say he started with one team and finished with that team and there was no interruption to it. I'd have to think he's excited by the moves as everybody else is. And, again, as we get into the season – and it's, it's not even, it's, you know, February. At right. the beginning We've still got two months before we get into the first, you know, the first six months of a season. A lot is going to happen between now and then having him fresh. If it's after the all-star break and healthy, I think is a great addition. I think it'd be tougher to trade for somebody providing he's healthy and providing all those things. It'd be tough to trade for somebody at that point in time. And everybody gets banged up as the year goes on, and especially your pitching. They get tired. They get worn down. You're going to add him fresh and ready to go with six weeks to play or eight weeks to play? I, I think I think that, that just fits right with how they think and, and most likely what he's going to uh, attempt to do. I think it'd be a great addition. You won't find many players you'll trade for If he's ready to go, better than Clayton Kershaw.
1: Last question, just a yes or no answer. The Los Angeles Dodgers are now officially the evil empire. Yes (laughs) or no, Ned?
6: (laughs) I'd say of course. Okay, (laughs) that's it. I'm with you.
1: The the Yankees wore proudly, didn't they? They wore proudly as the evil empire. I think the Dodgers (laughs) are the evil empire.
6: Yes, and I think they're happy being it.
1: <laughs> no doubt. All right, Ned Coletti our, our, our guest. Ned, always a pleasure, my man. I appreciate your time, and we'll talk down the road, buddy. Stay well.
6: Thank you. Appreciate you.
1: In the words of New York TV legend, the late Bill Jorgensen, thanking you for your time this time until next time. Rob Parker, out. He can't get it. This could be an inside to Parker. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station.
0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre sales to select can't miss events while supplies last make every tap music to your ears.